Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Are you a fan of lit RPG like I am? Well, then you will know this best-selling author, Dakota Kraut. He is the best-selling author of Divine Dungeons, Completionist Qualers, Full Murder, Hobo Series. Dakota Kraut was chosen as Audible's top five fantasy pick for 2017 and has been the top five bestseller on Amazon and top six bestseller on Audible. So without any further delay, I would like to welcome Dakota Kraut. Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, brother. I am uh, super excited to to chat with you, uh, get all geeky in the areas of lit RPG, um, and just overall learn a bit about your journey, man, and and what, what you know, all the way up to the Dale Mountain, you know. So, um, <laughs> I'd love to just first kick things off, just to kind of get things settled right, and just understand just a little bit about your journey um, uh, into being an author in the lit RPG space. Sure. Um, like any particular question there or? Yeah. I mean, just, uh, could you describe to me kind of what were you doing before, uh, being an author in the space and then sure. what was your transition into there? Uh, sure, man. So, um, I started actually writing back in 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, and before that, so I had, uh, when I published my first novel that was Dungeon Born, um, I had just, uh, gotten done with uh, about eight years in the army. Um, I was going in, I was actually in college at the time. I was uh, getting a degree in uh, computer science and uh, I had been doing that for a long time. Like, so that's kind of what I did in the army as well. Mm -hmm. And so just, it was a pretty easy transition to civilian sector to um, just had to then have a degree to do the same kind of work. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of flew through there and, and I found myself with a lot of free time, um, you know, just 22 credits uh, at a time is what I was doing at, at a few different points. And then my senior year, I dropped down to like six because it was just like senior project and, and things that you need to have just before you graduate. And I found myself with, you know, just large chunks of time. And um, I'm not really good with downtime. Like I'm, I'm not good with being bored. Um, I always had to be doing something right. Like I, I always want to either be learning or doing or creating or, or, uh, you know, like consuming different media, stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I'm also not much for like movies, right? So, um, I like video games and such. Uh, so I, I decided, Hey, am I going to spend my time doing something or am I going to spend my time playing around? And so I decided to, uh, start writing books and, um, I actually wrote my first book, never expecting that anyone would read it, you know, just completely, you know, did the best that I could with the very, very limited budget that I had and, uh, put it out in the world and, and, uh, it took off like a rocket and it was awesome. Uh, rockets, not like a rock, <laughs> uh, took off like a rocket. And, uh, so I, I jumped on and I started writing as, as, quickly as I could, as quality as I could. And I've just kept that up ever since. And 31 books out on the market right now, I think. Since oh, then. the ones that you've personally written or that you've you've been helped to produce? Uh, so, oh, no, if, if we're going through like Mountaindale, it, it was yeah. something like 160 ish. But no, like uh, so Dakota Crowd books. Yes, wow. uh, 31. Since yeah. and, and your first book was in what year again? Uh, so it came out October. I want to say it came out October 5th of 2016. 
incredible. So 31 yeah. books since 2016. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's inc that's incredible. And, and the first one, the and that's first... just what's published. Like I have oh. I have other books that are I'm waiting on publishing right now. So Oh yeah. yeah. Did, did did any of them that you actually produced go into the waste bin where you're just like, nah. No. Uh what actually yes. Um so I, I almost said no, but I had mm. uh, at one point a uh, collaborative work with a, another really awesome, really famous author um, who is super cool. And um, we, what we did is we would travel back and forth because he lives in a different country. He was, well, it's, it's Canada, but still. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so we would go to um, each other's house and stay there for like a week or two. Mm -hmm. uh, just work on a couple of books real hard. So we got like uh, two and a half books in on a four book series that we had planned and uh, COVID hit. And so we got, you know, couldn't, couldn't do the thing. And, and then by the yeah. time travel restrictions were done, um, we looked back at the work and we're like, we missed, we missed the time when this would have been successful. So that's, that's the only reason I would ever throw a book away is um, just, I, I miss the market. Like I miss the time that it would have been successful. Um, but uh, otherwise I just, I, I'm not a fan of like writing and throwing something away. I'm, I'm going to write everything I have to the best of my ability every single time. And if I didn't believe in the book, I wouldn't write it. So mm. I'm, I'm never going to just trash something. Mm. Yeah. So it, it wasn't necessarily part of, there's a certain magical moment where you're writing and you're in the flow of writing. Was that the reason why you missed the mark? Was it because of the industry, the market, what was going on in the time? Was it internal or external why you missed the mark? A little bit of both. Um, so it was at a time where kind of like Magical Academy was a little bit more um, popular in the genre. Mm -hmm. um, and so like we missed the market point of that. Um, but we also like kind of the kind of the thing that we were doing was it was really more of a chance to get together and, and chill and hang out. Uh -huh. um, and we moved, like we wrote we wrote each of those books, like the first two books in a month. Right. Like first book in a month, second book in another month, and then had like a year and a half between when we could see each other. And it was just like trying to get back into that mindset, trying to get back into that flow um, was just too difficult for the both of us. So mm. just let it go. Um, we actually never formally canceled it because this way we, we told each other that we can tell other people that we are working together just indefinitely so, <laughs> that's yeah. cool yeah. There, there was no conscious uncoupling you just uh you guys are still working things out oh no um, i mean it's 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 a dead project but it's never been we've never formally canceled the work sure so, yeah. that's cool that's cool man yeah uh the first book that you wrote was was the dungeon born series was that the uh, one? yeah the, yeah the divine dungeon so uh dungeon woo! born yep. woo that's a i um so how i how i came across you is i had um uh, a, a venture capitalist investor who invests in blockchain and all these other things, a uh, uh, very awesome um, person. And, and uh, DJ, and uh, I had, her, well, I had her on the, on the podcast. It was very, no, was, I know. She, okay. okay. <laughs> we had her on the podcast and she's like, Oh my God, you, you like, and we're, we're rapping. And she's like, you had, you, you know, I've had, you know, uh, other authors on like Alaron and she's like, Oh, it's great. I like his book. She's like, you know, who I really like, she's like Dakota. And she sent me a oh. link to your books and it just, I just started just, I went through your whole dungeon book series and I was like, oh my God, I can't stop. And then I went to the completionist chronicles and just started running down the list. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I just, it was, it was an incredible series. And, Thanks, and, man. and, uh, I really love the, 
you know, without spoiling the stuff and things with the Dungeon Born series, you have you you do a very cool loop in the entire of the, in the entirety of that book series where the you know the roundabout the way it kind of starts the way it kind of ends and kind of you kind of put all these pieces together as in a in a very magical uh com, uh it felt complete as a as a as a Thank book you. and I'm and I'm wondering you know what was the inspiration for that and we you know can you talk to me just a little bit about how you how you kind of kicked off the the designing the concept around that book and how you're able to kind of put that so well together uh sure so um i'm a giant nerd <laughs> Welcome. Uh, and uh so at the time what i had been doing was um uh back in in college i had uh, a pretty good DD group right so um i've always been able to kind of weave a story pretty well mm -hmm. you know like kind of keep people engaged find new and interesting ways to kill off the characters that were you know that they were playing and and do it in a way that it still made them laugh even though they were like ah my character's down you know um and so uh one of the one of the harsh realities of of getting out of college is that your friend group typically does not all work together and then still like you know like even stay in the same town or whatever mm -hmm. it is schedules get tighter people have families yada yada and and so um as as that uh, group kind of broke up and and we started doing other things um i was like man like i have all these great ideas for like when i run people through my next dungeon here's what i'm gonna do like here's the kind of traps i'm gonna make here's like how i'm gonna you know wipe the party this time and they'll never see it coming so on and so forth mm. and uh then just kind of you know I was, I was writing all that down and i'm like you know you know what'd be fun is if i like you know through a few test cases through here and I was like, you know, what'd be cool is if these test cases had backstories and then, <laughs> and then that just kind of kept going. Right. And then I like, so that's, that's my only series where it's like first person view. Uh -huh. And it's because I, the dungeon master, I, you know, I, the dungeon was putting in my stream of consciousness of how I would do a lot of these different things. And, um, I was using a lot of spreadsheets to track open loops to trap track every little item that I used and had like had any kind of meaning at all um, other than like he picked up the gray thing over there right if it had a if it had a name if it had a shape if it had something like that it always came back up in a way that was important later mm -hmm. and um, I think that's one of the reasons why people felt like it was a lot more complete is you can go back and find just references to things that are important the entire way through and it's kind of neat so it, it is super neat and you're talking a bit about Chekhov's gun right if it's if it's used in the first act if it's mentioned right. the first act it can be used in the third act and so if there's right. a gun mentioned in the beginning and and there was a lot of now was a thing of there's something about that like yeah you're having that that come the the moment it's like telling a good joke that everything comes into view at that last second and that epiphany of like oh i mean even afterwards i'm like oh my god this guy's dope i want to have him on the podcast and i, and I go and i and i look at the name of your publishing house and i just <laughs> giggle uh because i'm just like you, you have to know the book the dungeon board series and actually right. appreciate all of the the glory that is in that name otherwise it just seems like a name and so yeah, it's, I just, a, it's a nice sturdy name for a publishing just, house yeah, yeah it's grounded yeah. you know yeah, very, very <laughs> much so. it gives you an earthy feel um <laughs> you know but but it also lets you go sky high which is cool yeah to the top for sure <laughs> yeah and yeah um but looking at the so so you you really it's this well-rounded things and you're talking about using spreadsheets and you're talking about 
designing these things to where everything has meaning, yes. right? And you're talking about going through and doing these playthrough models where you're, you're say, first mentally imagining what happens if I send uh, five adventurers through my dungeon? What mm -hmm. do they first try to do? And then the rules of the game about how, say, the dungeon absorbs things and how you mm -hmm. can use certain, and there's a there's an economy with essence and and all these pieces and and all those pieces work together. Can you talk to me just a little bit about your whole process with, is it, are you do, doing outlines and spreadsheets or are you, how, how are you, how are you getting it from here onto a general design to then bring into a book? Sure. Um, so it's, it's actually one of the things that I feel has been basically instrumental in success in the genre, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so talking with authors outside of other genres is always confusing. It's always confusing for both of us because the way that they do things and the way that I and we as kind of a genre do things is pretty different. Um, so a lot of the time what they're doing is they're making kind of standalone books where everything wraps up nicely. And then there's kind of just like, you know, a giant glowing Easter egg that is really hard to miss that points back at the previous book. Right. And they're like, yes, I was this character's son. It's like, oh, it's their son. Okay, so this book is a continuation in the series, right? Um, and with our stuff, it's it's not right. Like, um, it's it's a lot more wheel of time. Um, it's a lot more, uh, you know, like if you look at Brandon Sanderson's Laws of Magic, like mm -hmm. um, stuff like that really comes into play with with what we do. You know, there has to be there's a like magic needs to have an economy. Magic can't just be free. There has to be a cost for things. Um, there has to be um, a hard magic system that says, hey, here is the rules that you must play by, mm -hmm. right? And so the first thing that I do, actually, I just I, I just outlined uh, a new system for a, for a book series that I'm planning on writing in 2024. Um, and it's, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, when I get those ideas, I got to put them down and, and I flush them out really as thoroughly as I can. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, they, they linger. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, one of the, the first thing that I do is I set the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Not, not even like, Hey, um, what the outline of the book is going to be, or what the lore of the book? No, it's going to be like, what is the system where if I'm not obeying the rules, I'm not writing in this book anymore. Right. Um, like, so, uh, for instance, like with levels and such, right. You mm -hmm. can't just skip a bunch of levels because hand wave right you had to fight monsters you had to and you can have levels and then you might have skills and all these other things and they have to have a really important interplay and if they don't if they don't matter it's it's it changes the genre that you're writing in you mm -hmm. you would move from lit rpg to game lit right mm -hmm. um if if you can just kind of be like hey you know this just kind of happens it's it's more game lit Nothing wrong with it, but it's a slightly different genre. And so you're going to hit a different, you know, hit those different tropes. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So with what I do, I'm sorry, cycling back to the question, the actual question. Sure. First thing I always do is I, I build out the magic system mm -hmm. and the the hard constraints, right? So this is what it can do. This is what it can't do. Here's what it costs to make these things happen. Here's how you move through the through these different levels. Okay. Um, the next thing I do is I set up an, an outline for the story, right? I say, here are the important moments that, that need to happen throughout the book. Um, kind of like a really bare bones thing. And then I generate a character. Okay. And, and the character, 
a lot of the time has to be able to interact with, so they had to be able to interact with the system and they had to be able to interact with that outline. And so um, what I do is I generate them based on personality modeling. And I say, who is going to fit with this type of system best? And I generate their personality model. And then I use that model to inform the decisions that they make throughout the whole book. And so if you've ever felt like you're reading through the book and you really connected with a particular character, it's pretty likely that you have the same kind of personality traits as that character because I'm using actual psychology. Like I'm using like all the data I have available. I can't say it's correct. I just, that's what's available mm -hmm. um, to, to make those characters as real as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you, okay. So unpacking, rewinding, stepping through the process here a little yeah. bit. So what you're talking about is you're, you're, you create the constraints for creativity. And what you're talking yeah. about is a hard magic system. Hard yeah. magic systems are we are using math and number. It's like in a video game and there's so yes. many points. If all of a sudden I took three steps and I did seven levels, it, is, it feels like the game's broken because there is no, there's no ability to predict what would happen. Yes. And it's our ability to predict based on the hard magic system that then coming up with the novel solutions in unique mm -hmm. ways where you can take, you know, an element from the hard magic system and in chapter three, reapply it and upgrade it in chapter 15. And then you mm -hmm. can, you can make that logic, logical transition along the path. So you make those constraints for the hard magic system. Then you say, yeah. okay, this is my general outline. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Bob is born. Right. Bob and, and, and the other thing about hanging once about that yeah. system is that, it must be understandable and viewable by the reader, right? Mm. So they had to understand how we got there. They had to understand why we got there. Um, you're talking about the math of things. And I have people that will reach out to me and correct <laughs> me to like the thousandth place. Oh, no. Like so in, in oh, decimals no. <laughs> on, on things that I've missed because people, it really matters to the audience. Mm -hmm. So math is it's an important thing in this genre. Very important thing. Yeah, man, you need, you need like an accountant backpack, you know, <laughs> carry them around on, on the go. Uh, and it just makes sense. And mm -hmm. the somebody that I don't like when I'm when you're looking at it, to me, it feels as an avid uh, consumer of the of this content, it, it, it makes it more simple, but it also makes me feel like it's more real. Like I can understand the world better by understanding the hard systems versus, you know, Harry Potter mm -hmm. wave a raw, you know, and he says some sort of thing that he waves. And then all of a sudden it's a magical thing that has, you don't really understand. It's, it's a softer magic system. So I like, exactly. I like the edges that you're putting on it. And then, so you say constraints for the magic system and, and everything else around the world, the outline, and then take the character profiles and you're doing some sort of psychographic systems looking at like the big five personalities maybe the 16 personalities i don't know if there's mm -hmm. any any particular personality profile systems that you're pulling from to be able to look there at is. this there is okay there is. do you do you want to share that or do you want to keep on to that yeah. no okay <laughs> All right. that's, fair. that's fair man I, it's, it's fascinating to me but then so then you take those elements okay so if you take this character and i model and generate them and then i run him through this outline based upon this hard system. And then mm -hmm. you have those constraints, you have those frames to be able to then weave them through the narrative as you go, you have to go through the system. And do you ever have issues where you get to a certain point and you, and you, and you, you write yourself into a corner and you've got to go back and rewrite the system? Or are you able to have enough elements that you can flow through it? So, so typically, um, so in, in my main series right now, which is Completionist Chronicles, um, it was kind of the first time that I really tested this model, right? Mm -hmm. 
And because of that, uh, there were there were times where just the absolute tracking of things became uh, a real issue because like we would need to use like three ounces of like withered root of this plant gathered from this time. Right. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> to, to get around that, it's a, it's a little spoilery, but to get around that at, at one point in the book, he gains an entire new specialization where um, he, it, it's called being a reductionist. So he, he becomes a reductionist and the whole thing is kind of a, a play on, you know, reductionism, right? Like just, I don't want to backtrack all the things that I've, that I've done, but I have this other system now that works super duper well. So I'm going to kind of be reductionist about it and go over here and use this system now instead of that one. Right. Um, so I, I, what I did was I built that into the book though. Like I didn't go mm. and change the rules. I added a, basically a subsystem based on his class. And the hard part about doing that is that it's going to make it almost impossible for someone to create this character. Like if I were to open up this universe and let other authors write in it, they're not going to be able to create the same character that I've made. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's difficult, but that's okay. Cause my main character should be just my main character. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they could go a totally different route of crafter, warrior, mage, anything else. And it's not going to impact the rest of it. Cause that system is still built. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so long as they're not trying to do exactly what I did as my main character, who's doing all these crazy things like, and breaking this, like not breaking the system, but like breaking kind of like literally like there's there's one point where he literally falls through the world because he's in a video game and, and the world isn't like they missed that patch. And so he fell through, didn't die and got an achievement for it. Someone else can't get that because they patched it right mm -hmm. as they would in a video game. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so it's it's not like cheating. It's not cheats. It's whatever it is. It's using kind of the things that happen in actual video games to the advantage right um so no i i would not say that i've painted myself in a corner mm -hmm. i've i would have but the system that i had for that character allowed for this change right like so it, it allowed for this class and, and it has class benefits but it also has heavy restrictions um in my other series I have not really painted myself into the corner just because um, with the divine dungeon, nice thing was that it was only a five book series. It was fairly short and it was a very easily understandable system, mm -hmm. right? Basically it's just energy gathering. You mm -hmm. know, you go from having to need the power to do it like a static shock to basically having a nuclear reactor in your, in your center. Right. And like finding nice, easy, different transition points was a lot easier than, it might be otherwise. Sorry. Yeah, we can we can move on there. Sorry, I talked a no, lot about. <laughs> no, it's great. That was great. I I was just I was tracking some of the part of the conversation, and there's a there's a couple of pieces. That was great. So I mean, you're talking about if you're gonna if you're gonna modify the system, you need to actually introduce it an actual modifier into the system, something that actually makes sense that right. would allow you to modify. So, um, you know, I get uh, for example, if I do this certain thing, I get double XP, right? And then I can right. modify that. Or if I'm gonna if I'm gonna hack the system, you know, I, I like inside the book series you you do you make it it's it's this fantasy world but it's actually a fantasy world inside of the video game which then you add personalities and 
overall just kind of the ways certain like so inside there you're talking about the, the hack in the game something happened in the game and mm -hmm. then they patched it right and then it's like well don't with the ai the ai is starting to get you're, you're getting on the ai's radar it's almost like if right. as being as being a video game developer myself if mm -hmm. if the same cat kept breaking my game and kept exploiting it right i do understand right. that there is a part of if you can if you can if you if there's a bug and you can exploit it it's more of a feature until mm -hmm. the devs can get around to it but mm -hmm. i like that bit of that cat and mouse relationship that you kind of build out with uh personifying uh the ai controller inside mm -hmm. of there and and what that's like can you talk to me was was that a where did the the personality of that come from i know you have this computer science background yep. how did that all kind of bleed together um thunder sorry big thunderstorm here um so yeah i mean kind of the snarkiness comes from being a dev i would say um i i think that it's it's really hard to find people who are as witty and as snarky and as professional all rolled into one as as devs because like you you you'll leave stuff in code for like sometimes decades and people will like only ever see it when they're trying to fix something or connect it to something else and then they'll find this joke that you put in there potentially decades ago and they just go you got me right and 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 so kind of the snarkiness comes from that like and and also seeing if your joke will be seen or understood is one of those other fun things mm -hmm. um so there's there's a lot in in my books that people have never found or at least they've never told me they've found um like some of it is like hex code some of it is like um there was okay so funniest thing right probably the funniest thing i ever did okay uh, in my own head right was i have a chapter in one of my books where every single paragraph starts with the same letter okay mm. and so every single paragraph doesn't matter how long it is how short it is i think it all starts with h i couldn't tell you why i decided to do that that day but that's what i decided to do and for some reason no one's ever commented on it right <laughs> i'm still waiting for it and and so like i have a bunch of those little me like jokes that are for me that i'm mm. just like over here chuckling about waiting uh, for someone to catch right and yeah, so man. that's kind of where that personality comes from is because i'm just kind of a snarky dude man like um i i write really clean stuff i write really um funny stuff but i i find ways to sneak stuff in there if you're looking for it like not even like adult humor and kids won't get it no like hey did you know if you line those paragraphs up it spells my name out haha <laughs> you know stuff like that and just no one ever comments on it so i just keep doing it <laughs> oh it's okay those inside jokes and giggles man uh it's it's important. super it's super important i actually last week uh, literally just last week i got back from gdc the game developers conference in san francisco cool um so i was just there and you when you're talking about snarky uh you know like inside mm -hmm. joke that just invests so much time into the game you know, um, one of them showed me uh, they just recently found the in the first Windows build, um, <laughs> the Easter egg of all of the guys who created, you know, Gabe Newell and all these other cats that actually made yep. the game. And one of the day when the devs showed me it, and you're right, there's they're uh, uh, brilliant and kind, but also the, the no one's going to wear a suit. No one's going to come. Everyone's going to be just very chill. And but they also be mm -hmm. that that if you have to invest so much time in this creation, whether it's a book 
or a video game that you have to enjoy the process along the way. And sometimes it's just those internal um, giggles. Yep. Um, do you, I noticed that like in the book too, there are, you know, these, some of these jokes and some of these references that are in there that if, like, I feel like if I get it in the book, I feel more connected to the, to the, the, the character in the book or to the author. Cause I feel like a bit of your, um, you know, esoteric references inside of there. I feel like, Oh, I got it. I know that. I know that thing yeah. from the nineties or whatever. Yeah. Like, do you, do you purposely build that in there just to, totally, to man. build the connection? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, it, it works both ways when people reach out and they're like, hey, man, I found this Easter egg. Did you mean to do this? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you actually found that. Yeah, I totally did. And then like, I, I'm like, I, I know I'm going to jive with this dude, you know, um, and that that's a whole thing for me. Like, you know, like um, people that get me and and I get them, you know, because I know like at least they find the same things funny that I find funny and whatever else it is like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how we make friends as adults. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if laugh at the same stuff, cry at the same stuff. No, no. Uh, do, do you, have you had an experience where you um, became friends with some of your fans or in a way that you've, you've built relationships with them? Or can you talk to me a little bit about sure. the experience you've had with building connections with your audience? Absolutely, man. So um, I'll use a great reference and probably my probably my favorite ever experience was um, I at one point had a fan reach out. Um, and this was back when I was writing Divine Dungeon. And he said, hey, um, your system is broken. And here's why it's broken. And here's here's what you can do to fix it. And here's like the issues I foresee coming and, and how it can really impact you if you, if you let it like, and so I'm like, hey, you know, okay. But I, I kind of minimalizing that it was a 15 page summary, right? Like it was hefty. And so I, I took it and, you know, being a newbie author at the time I read it and <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so this guy, I mean, he's, he, you know, he's, he's pretty invested in this series. He like, he really cares. Like, this is not like a bashing thing. This is like, Hey, he's, he's giving like actionable stuff. I'm like, okay. So I, I shot him a message. I'm like, Hey man, uh, do you want to get on the phone with me? And we'll just like chat about this stuff. 10 minutes later, we're on the phone arguing about like Descartes and Nietzsche and we're, <laughs> we're going on about why this, you know, like why, why the, the Tao Ching, like Tao Ching, um, whatever thing matters here more than the I Ching or whatever it is it just it, because it was something that we were both into at the time, you know, like, uh -huh. uh, like I was really into like reading philosophy and reading like, uh, these different philosophy books and, mm -hmm. um, trying to understand some of the underpinnings of the universe. Cause I figured it would help me be a better writer as I build my universes. Mm -hmm. And, um, just also cause it was fun and we were in college and that's what I was doing, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we're just having this, this hilarious argument and I'm like, Hey man, like you clearly know enough about this stuff to write a book. Like, just why don't you just write a book? And he's like, nah, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Well, I finally convinced him to do it. And then, so I don't know if you know the name Dennis Vanderkirken, but that's how we met. Oh, no. No, yeah. that's awesome. It's a yeah, uh, co-author of mine. We have uh, 10 books out together now. Oh, that's awesome. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to name one of the books just so I can put it on the radar? Sure. Uh, oh. Yeah. So it would be like, uh, I think the first book in the series is, uh, I think it's Axiom. Uh, let's Axiom? See. Yeah. 
A X I O M. Axiom. Axiom yeah. book. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh. And so um it's it's a very different series than what I typically write because it is more about the underpinnings of the world than it is about you know any one particular thing but uh, mm. I, I can tell you one of the one of the great things like some of the great reviews that came off of that was um and kind of what i learned off of that is so dennis has a, a way of uh, conveying emotion and connecting to a reader that baffles me right like it's very good it's very it's 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 difficult for me to understand i'm i'm not super empathetic you know like it's just it's just not really a thing um i really care for people and I, I care deeply and i hope they do well but i don't meet people so much at their place of pain i just try to find solutions and figure out what we can do how we can help people whatever it is and so um he has this way of of uh connecting to the readers that is very different than what i can do alone and so it's uh like me trying to learn from that has really been beneficial Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's an amazing that you, you, you know, pushed, inspired a dude to get into the space of actually becoming an author. Then it kind of feels like they're inside the click of mm -hmm. other authors doing and building and creating. Yeah. And then well, I know. Oh, so I was going to say also all of my, all, all of my employees um, come from my reader base from my, my fan base, people that have been part of my community, part of my, whatever it is. Um, every single one of them started out as a fan and moved up from there. Oh, so, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Do, do they, uh, is it, um, do you feel like it's, is it, is it sometimes difficult to connect with them because they do, they are such a fan of yours or is it, is it, cause I might be a little bit of yeah. now they're down to yeah. earth. Yeah. No, everyone who knows me knows that I'm just as I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chill. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if you know this, uh, I, I have a discord and, uh, mm. I write my books publicly. Like I, sh mm -hmm. I live stream as I'm writing the book, both myself, like sitting here being all zombie faced as I write and work and, and uh, the words themselves as they're showing up on my screen. And so then people can leave comments in real time, chat with me, whatever it is. So, is it, okay. So with the discord group, I didn't know, um, I didn't know about the live streaming. So you live stream your, as you're writing, is that not, doesn't that knock you out of the writing flow? If you have so many people con commenting on or criticizing or anything, in, no, you just. No. So I'm, I'm really, really, really good at ignoring distractions. Um, I, I had to be, um, so with what I did in the military, um, and, and so what I do is I, I set a timer and, and for one hour it is work time, only work time. Words go down, research goes in, whatever needs to happen. And it's a hundred percent focus. Um, and so at the end of that, I always make sure to give myself a good break, recharge, try and do other stuff. And, uh, that's when people are like, Hey man, you misspelled this or, Hey, this would be a cool concept to consider. Like, maybe you want to change this, whatever it is. Or they're just like, hi Dakota. I'm like, hi guys. And then I try and call people up by name and, you know, chat with them and see how they're doing, see how their day's going. Um, and because I mean, it matters to me. So yeah, yeah. It's super intimate. Uh, to me, it feels, very, it feels very vulnerable to like sit there and put words in the page and, you know, eh, <laughs> not, not to me. Um, so I, I'm of the mindset that if, if someone doesn't like it, they're not going to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. um, no, no, I've, I've never had anyone come in to like try and troll it. And um, I, I have a, a couple of levers in place to help protect against that as well. So, um, for instance, 
first off, they have to opt in, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not just anyone who pops into Discord like they have to hit the opt-in button and then they get a, a, a tag, a Discord tag so that they can see the channel, right? Mm -hmm. And so as soon as someone is like doing whatever, like, you know, post, po like taking spoilers and telling them whatever it is, it's only happened once. Um, but as soon as they do that, they're out, right? And they can't, they can't reaccess it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, man. Come on. I'm trying to do my best in this conversation to not give away those points. I'm like, ah, I'm like, you know, but I also want to talk to you about it as someone who uh apparently trying to get my thing to focus here. <laughs> but as uh, as uh as you know, you you want to have a connection, you want to share insights, especially if you, if there's something that I feel like I get that I'm mm -hmm. like, like, for example, like, is there a connection? Is there a, does, let me ask you, does, is the uh, uh, Completion Chronicles and Dungeon Board same universe? Is that the same yeah. universe? Okay. Yeah. So then A so, rolled in. Okay. But I, but I, but I specifically like, so I specifically do not make it the same universe. Mm -hmm. Like, so like if I were to like say sell the IP for $3 billion to Disney, um, to one of them, I, I've put on I've, nowhere does it say this is this, right? It's just, heavily heavily implied right and it's definitely not <laughs> i completely agree <laughs> right. yeah 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 that's great uh okay so i was just curious in those ones um and that's the things like those types of moments of like i'm like I, in you as a reader or listener uh, i say reading just assume listening for everything i inject inject the writing so but as as a, as a listener reader i make those connections and those different moments um, it's like, it's like, I think he just did that. And I was like, am I, and I, and I go back and I start to compare the two and it's fun because then all of a sudden, like it just explodes with like, Oh, aha. And then you can start <laughs> to bring in and I'm wondering, is there anything else as I read, as I go through this other sheet, um, like the completions chronicles, um, I think I'm all caught up with the books, but I'm not too sure. I was, a uh, was Bibliomancer. Was that the last one or was there? Uh, last one was a book named in flame. Um, and that. yeah, so, um, I'm actually writing my books to create one giant pun, just so you know, and I tell people this pun, if you'd like, would, would you like to hear the pun? I would love to hear the pun. Okay. So the first, the first five books in the series are, uh, the R series. It's ritualist, regicide, rexus, raise, mm -hmm. uh, ruthless. Okay. Mm -hmm. The, the second series is the i series so it's in flame i'm working on this i'm actually uh 70, words into the the next book in that series so that'll be out shortly um and then so there's three books in the i series well i'm going to create uh trilogies in this series from now on until i have um let me make sure um all right so it's going to be the um so the r r series i t U-A-L, right? So that when I finish the final book, I can slap it on the table and shout to my fans, the ritual is complete. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. In the, in the center, in the, in the center of your, your room with all the books laying up and things like that. Right. I can see that. Nice. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Uh, and, and the, um, you talked about, uh, especially with the completion chronicles, you have a main character in the book who suffers a, a certain physical trait. Um, and you talk about diverse personalities that go at it. Right. Um, and then you, and then 
and then and not only say like you have these different personality types right so the main character is a, is a certain type of person and mm -hmm. then the ability masters is a different type of person that yeah. have different physical traits and then and you're saying that they're at odds with each other i'm trying to like um hopefully not giving away anything uh too much here in this but i'm not, I'm not really sure what you're getting at actually um okay well then so Anything let's just say jackson? like or... uh no not jackson um so there's a, a person with no hair and then this person with hair oh yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. okay yeah cool cool yeah yeah yeah. No, jackson's a completely different different story which i think so, was so baldy versus you know, like flowing locks yeah yeah personally i know what side i'm on okay right. yeah so man. I, <laughs> hey man i mean for for at least eight years of my life i was a bzz, you know <laughs> yeah totally. So, <laughs> totally but do you do you did you create those things just to kind of create those different personality types or, or those physical characteristics so that you feel like yeah. you're on one side or the other is that is because yeah. i know that you okay uh, yeah All i right. do that on purpose yes okay <laughs> um so and it's funny because people who read one before they read the other one um mm -hmm. see that person as the hero and the other person as the villain and that's really what the purpose of it was was just to show that a lot of the times it's not who's good and who's bad it's who is whose perspective you see you know mm. and so that's just that's just one of those things like i'm not i'm not trying to do any grand social things i'm just trying to create two different sides of a coin so i can sell shirts and you know team joe team <laughs> sam over here you know <laughs> get your merch come get your merch no that's right oh that's great now is that, is that space balls Oh, yes, it is. Nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah um, for Jackson. Right. And you, you mm -hmm. learn, you know, you learn these different kind of things and you kind of, you realize that, Oh, he, you know, someone's not a certain type of person. It's just the characters are being modified. You get happy to see someone's growth inside the storyline. And it's mm -hmm. very interesting. It's, it's it, and I like how you, you create these divides with people and they, and these growths that bring them together. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just, I'm really fascinated by the, the way that you do that and the structure on, on how you create uh it's i don't know compelling character evolutions i guess sure. um yeah um yeah. you you've mentioned a couple times about the uh military and you talked about having to shave your head and you talked about how you've been really good at focusing um through uh because of the things you had to endure can you just talk to me just a little bit about um it, it, whatever you feel comfortable sharing with the yeah, yeah. Well, on, on on what what gave you you know what's what did you go through a bit in your military experience and then what did you get out of that that you could bring into the whole writing book series stuff sure um i mean a lot of it is understanding that um you need to be able to explain things in a way that is very very clear and very very repeatable right and um that if you if you can't do that there's there's two things that happen. One, there will be people that do it wrong, and two, there will be no way to hold them to account for doing it wrong, right? Um, and so, if you can explain it clearly, if it's down on paper, then and they've signed that they understand how to do the job, stuff like that, right? Um, <clears throat> then you can hold them to account if they do it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And 
that's all there's to it. And so that really had an impact on contracts and how carefully I read contracts and, and so on and so forth. So in, in the first completionist Chronicles book, you may have noticed that he has a massive aversion to contracts mm-hmm. and he really, really doesn't like them. And well, at that time I was going through, um, uh, I was, I was getting out of the army and I was, I was realizing all of the benefits that I had been promised were just going to vanish because yeah, because that's how the contract was written. Right. Even though that's not how it made it seem, that's Mm. how the contract was written. Mm. And so that is something that definitely impacted my writing is, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, other than that, like just being able to do that single minded focus, you know, um, I have this this great uh, boom mic here so that I can uh, switch between writing on my keyboard and, and speaking into it so I can, you know, give my wrist a break and also so I can like stand up and do stuff like I, I, I know that I need movement or else I'm going to be jittery and not able to focus. Um, I know that like I, I know what my kind of risk factors are in terms of being able to focus long-term and so like long, long periods of time for a long, you know, long-term. And, uh, so I, I know what I need to do to, to mitigate all that stuff. Right. Like if I don't go and work out, I'm going to not have nearly as productive a day because I'm going to have way too much energy and I'm going to want to be moving around, but I can't cause it's work time. Right. Um, you know, just, just stuff like that. And, and so, um, keeping all that in mind and, and kind of understanding not only my body, but my mind and, and knowing how I work and, and how I work most efficiently is pretty key in, in doing this. And, you know, 31 books in like what, five, six years, like, and I mean, it's not like I'm putting out like 10,000 word novellas, right? I think, um, I think my longest book is like 130,000 words, which comes out mm-hmm. to about 490 pages. And, and even my shortest one, the side story that was just kind of a one-off kind of fun thing for me, Rexus, yeah. was still 60,000 words, right? Which is, you know, a, a, like a, a novel is considered yeah. at 40,000 words. And, and so like just one of those things where I need long-term everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I need to make sure to be taking care of myself, need to be sure, need to make sure that I am doing things properly. And so mm-hmm. um, that that's something that the military helped me understand was if you're being lazy or whatever it is, there's a reason for it, right? If you're procrastinating, there's a reason for it. So what is that reason? Knock it out, get to work. Right? Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So then what it did, yeah, it taught you how to get in gear. It taught you how to focus mm-hmm. and also taught you how to pay attention to how you operate optimally and to make yeah. sure you need to do the things you need to do so that when, when work time hits, you're not struggle bus and going through a th- situation. Yeah. I need you around to like summarize the things I say, because like, <laughs> you like really cut to the heart of the matter super well. I'm over here, like being all circumlocutious, right? Oh, yeah, look, and I'm like, Hey, I'm, here's what I'm trying to say oh, and why I'm trying to say it. And yada, yada. And you're like, here's the facts. Like, Dang it. I want to be able to do that. I think I was a parrot in a past life, you know, <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Well, I'm just trying to understand, man. It's, it's very fascinating. One is just as, sure. as someone who's a big fan of your book series and, and just, it's just, I'm fascinated. Like, how did you make this? How did this, how did you get created? How do you get started with this? And then part of the thing is, is, is also like, 
with um, you know, you being um, a, a game developer, the background computer science, and then you're bringing mm -hmm. it into the art space. You know, I have I have I have deep interests and desires to uh, right. to to live the fantasy of the things that you create and bring those things into like a game world at some point because like I think there is like that you know fantasy um, to to you know um, you know the Dungeonborn series to be the dungeon where you can actually do right. it because you it was D and D was the original like mental VR uh, you know game that people you know were both living a mental narrative playing it you brought that into the literary world and I think I think translating those things into uh, a you know into the the game space at some point to me is like the is where we you know ideally digitize us put us into the matrix bring right. us into your game you know hopefully not have it be a horrific uh experience um you know where the ai controller takes over uh, per usual um do you ever do you ever see yourself um you know bringing your book series into the video game genres or into the other in any of that stuff uh yeah i mean if i had an offer on the table then probably um mm -hmm. but uh i'm i'm a there's a there's a really interesting graphic uh called i'm trying to remember exactly where the, i saw it for the very first time I think it was in the E-Myth, so the E-Myth Revisited. Mm -hmm. um, so if you go to, if you're on Google and you type in the survival trap business, like because you know, otherwise mm -hmm. they give you like how to trap things in the wild. But if you put in like the survival trap for business, um, you see that there is a couple of different major points, right? Um, typically, when we're doing anything, right, we're at point A. It's, mm -hmm. it's also known as the crisis point, right? And the crisis point is where you are trying to determine if you are going to do the one thing that is going to earn you the most amount of revenue over time, the best return on your investment, mm -hmm. or if you are going to do these other things because it makes sense for you to do them and perhaps it might be expensive if you don't do them yourself, right? Um, or, or you just need, you, you think you want to, you want to do something like, um, a good example of this is an author who is writing a book. Okay. <clears throat> so they've written a book, they put it out. So they went from a along the path to point B point B is they have generated income and, and now they're able to make, make a living. Right. So going from point A to point B, they know is writing a book and putting it out right? That is going to generate them the most amount of income. Mm -hmm. Well, that takes a while, right? Going, going from point A to point B takes quite a while if you're writing a book. And, and so sometimes, uh, actually a lot of the time, especially as a publishing house, right? I get authors who say, Hey, um, I've written my book and I, I want to see it in audio, but I don't want to pay for an audio narrator. So I'm going to narrate my own book happens i would say 60 percent of the time right mm -hmm. like they're just like you know I'm, i think i'm going to do this and the reality is there's a reason that's a full-time job that someone else has right because narrating your own book is not just narrating your book it's sound engineer it's quality assurance it's like making sure that you've done the proofing on it correctly it's it's an entire skill set and a job right and so, but a lot of people don't understand that. They just think, hey, I just need a nice microphone and I'll say those words and people will want to hear it even more because it's me, the author. Mm -hmm. Well, what if you don't really have that same kind of amazing voice like Dylan Watkins, right? 
what what if you have a Dakota crowd voice and it's like, ah, yeah, go on. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, so the, the reality is, so people think that it's going to be cheaper for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to save them money. It's going to do better for them to go and do these other things to boost their success instead of driving on from point A to point B. Here's the thing that I know for sure is getting me success. Why would you not double down on the thing that is making you successful? Why would you instead take a hard left turn and choose a whole new career path? That's And, and so that's kind of how I feel about, back to your point of, mm. is this going to be a video game? Yeah, but I'm sure as heck ain't going to program it. You know, I'm I'm going to hand them books for research. You know, I'm, I'm not going to like I have a wiki, right? I'll send them toward the wiki that someone else is building because my time is spent writing books eight to ten hours a day even now. Right. And so I don't have time for that other stuff because I'm doubling down on what I know is making me successful and hopefully will make me more successful over time. And my success helps other people, which is great. You know, like I am able to, like, I think with my company, we employ something like 150 people in total between artists and narrators and uh, sound engineers, typesetters, authors, mm-hmm. uh, editors, developmental editors, copy editors, line editors, foreign translation, like all of this stuff is a job for like, so many people because like for myself i'm doing what makes me successful so are they and they're better at that than i am over there right so i let them do it so why why doesn't everyone is the real question i love it i mean so you're basically talking about it's like hey what is the thing that you are uniquely specially good at that actually produces the most value right right? yeah i mean there's there's the whole triangle of you know meaning right does what you do mm-hmm. have meaning to you? Do you in, do you enjoy doing it? And can you get paid for it? Right? Those three things really have to come together for you to have a career that you want to be in for a very long period of time. Yeah. Right? And and so that's that's where I am right now. Like I really enjoy what I do. It brings me a lot of meaning. It lets me help other people, which is super cool. And it it pays, right? And then I can pay those other people. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You find out what are the necessary parts of your business that that you hate, and then off offload that as quickly as possible, so right. you can focus on what you enjoy. Yeah, and there's always someone who enjoys other things, man. You know, like I'm like, hey, I don't like doing research on my own books and trying to like pull stuff out. Someone out there is like, I love that, and I'm like, cool. Would you like to be paid for it? Yes, yes, I would. Yes. Have at it, That's right? <laughs> You see, they're already interested. That makes sense why you have all of your fans, not all of your fans, or your all of your employees that came from being fans because they were naturally just, you know, um, yeah. and they have wildly differing skill sets as well. Like you, you mentioned, like you had a friend who does like blockchain and stuff like that. Yeah, like that's a skill set I don't have. You know, like yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Well, it's also weird to me because it's, it's it's such a it's a weird thing for me when I have people on the podcast that have nothing to do with lit RPG, and they're like, "Man, you had that guy on. I'm really into that kind of books." I'm like, "But you're a why are you? I don't understand." But like, there's this like uh, this, but we're all very passionate about yeah. this subgenre, 
Um, and I feel like it's growing into a thing. And it's all of a sudden I do feel like we're friends now. We're friends. Yeah. I know. Like, I know what you're into. And then we have this little inside. And then we trade books like Pokemon cards, you know. There you go. As you, you know. should. Yes. I've got a, I've got some rare shiny covers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like ooh. Yeah, I've got I've got covers that are that are out of print by something like four years right here on my table, right? Oh. My my black and white hand drawn covers, right? These are gone. Right? These oh, don't man. exist anymore. Oh. Right? You, you can't buy them anywhere except from people that already have them. And that I mean that's the thing that makes it so awesome, especially when you have an, like in a connection to the to the author, the series, the the people, right? And you and you actually have something that's super hard to get. And that's that's when it it's a lot of meaning um, inside of there. So that's that's amazing. Uh, looking at it for yourself, right? You you really one of the things that you've done that most authors don't do is you've actually created a community of other authors that you're helping lift up into the genre and creating this ecosystem. And could you talk to me about kind of what's the intentions, what's the motivations, what's the what's the what's the the benefits for for that? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, um, realistically, it's kind of the all right. So I, I've already mentioned once my aversion to contracts here, right? Mm. I use contracts for everything, right? But the contracts that I put out, I are very easy to to read and to understand, and. And you can ask any of my authors, which and and uh, every single time before I ever have someone sign a contract, I say, hey, have you had someone go over this with you? Do you understand everything? Do you have any questions? I would be happy to go over this line by line so that you understand everything that you're signing. Right. Awesome. And so with all of that, like um, kind of my my intent on all this was to give people the helping hand that I wish I would have had when I was getting started, you know? Um, I work n almost exclusively with brand new authors, right? Mm -hmm. So um, almost every author in my company, not, not all of them, but almost all of them, um, started with me uh, and had never published anywhere else before, right? Mm -hmm. And the contracts that we give them are in any other place would be considered just absolute sweetheart deals right and because the purpose of them is not to you know make as much money off them as possible it's to get them to self uh to not self-post but to get them to um full-time author as quickly as possible you know like replace their income uh, increase their quality of life make their make their lives better and let them do what they want to do and um, one of the great things about this company is I don't need their money, right? And so we can like uh, we can give out way better deals than I see anywhere else in the industry because we manage our money well and um, we have great resources. And you like you could ask any of my authors. I have SOPs for almost everything, right? So like <laughs> if they have a question on how to do something or why yeah. why we do it this way here's why and here's the research that we've done to back it up and this is yada yada right so they they can walk in get a good understanding and then go and self-publish or go and accept another deal knowing what it takes to do that stuff right yeah. um and yeah so i mean it's it's just good stuff all the way down that's incredible and it what what's amazing about it is that when you 
when you do that and you create that kind of goodwill in terms of helping you just, you had the pain of getting screwed over by contracts. Mm -hmm. And so you want to help other people along the path, avoid the pain of getting screwed over by contracts. Um, and along the way you're helping these authors, you know, grow and develop their skills and becoming full, full-time authors faster, which right. I'm sure also you, you, by helping some of these people, I've noticed in the space, cause like, you know, I've helped a lot of people in what I've done mm -hmm. in the areas of, um, um, entrepreneurship, video games, blah, 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 um, is that you also, it feels good to help them, but then you're, it also sounds like you, you learn, like you learn from the, the other gentlemen, mm -hmm. a unique way to connect with the characters or in those things out. Mm -hmm. So you're, while you're helping them, you're all, they're also kind of yeah. helping you see things from multiple different angles, multiple different perspectives, yes. which is really a cool. master is an eternal student. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh man, um, it's, uh, I'm getting a little uh, avatar uh, style going on there. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Uncle Iroh's my, that's, oh, my, that's my jam. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's so amazing, man. I just, yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 next time we meet each other, we're, or when we meet each other in person, we'll have yeah. a nice hot cup of jasmine tea. A jasmine yes. tea at the yes. White Lotus. Yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, and let me ask you a question in terms of the uh, helping these new authors building up this publishing house, the sure. 31, soon to be 300 books in the next 10 months, all this stuff oh. right now. <laughs> I know, right? I'll, 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 you know, all the other listeners like, yes, do it. Yes, um, drown the world in ink. <laughs> <laughs> A mountain of books. Hey. Uh, but what's, what's the Holy Grail for you? Like, what's your flag in the sand flag at the top of the, you know, Mountaindale? What is the, what is that for you? What, you know, what do you hope to achieve? In terms of like what I like the, my personal goals or what like yeah, I hope to achieve with Mountaindale. Uh, Mountaindale with all the effort, with all these books, with the mm -hmm. the prolific amount of content that you create with helping all these authors. What does that what does that look like for you? Yeah, man. The goal is the goal is all of the authors leave my publishing house and and do this and and have successful careers. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. the end goal, right? Mm -hmm. If if ever if I if every single author I take on goes on and has an amazing career as an author or or, you know, whatever it is that they decide to do in life. But like they, they, they go out there and they are better off for having worked with me. Right. And then like the flag and like the flag in the sand, man, is, is them off in the distance somewhere else pointing back and saying, here's where I got my start. And it's because, because they helped me and did not screw me over. Didn't take like take liberties with my contracts. Didn't, you know, make me sign a, a crap deal that I was able to achieve this. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it gives me shivers, man. Like, it's like, Oh yeah. Like just pointing back there. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not after, you know, whatever I can get after making sure that cause I, I, I'm doing well, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do. I, I love writing and I'm going to continue doing it for as long as I physically and mentally can. Um, and so I don't need to do that stuff with Mountaindale. I don't, I don't actually, I, I've, I've been told by my financial advisor several times that I would be much better off to leave it behind. Right. And, but the fact of the matter is like, I want to be there. Like I wish someone would have been there for me. Right. And so that's, that's what I'm after. That's, that's that flag in the sand for me is I have no other authors working under my company. They've all left because they have found fabulous success and wealth and whatever it is elsewhere. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I mean, you yeah. did the feeling, the impact that you, you did good and that you, yeah. you helped, you helped these, 
fledgling authors, you know, become mm -hmm. glorious birds to fly away. That's ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like crows. I so uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a murder of them flying yeah, around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Murder hobo of them. Oh! <laughs> a, new, a new power just came out. Yep. Uh, so, this, uh, okay, so if that is the Holy Grail flag in the sand, uh, a flock of murderous hobos, um, what is the what is the dragon? What is the thing that might be too big to overcome that you? Um, don't know if you can do it or you don't know if you can, uh, you know, evolve past it. Oh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting one, man. Cause I, I found that there's very little that can't be done just by grinding it away with the sands of time. Right. And no matter how long it takes, I think that people, humanity as a whole can achieve anything. Right. And, and so that goes for myself as well. I'm human. Right. And, you know, cue licking eyeball here. Um, and, uh, you know, like things that I can't get past. I, I don't know, man. Uh, probably the biggest one of them is competency. Right. Mm. Uh, so I can't I can't force other people to be successful. I can do the best that I can on their behalf. Um, mm. But there's only so much like I can train someone. There's only so much I can like hold someone's hand before it's like okay i'm letting go now are you gonna splatter on the pavement or are you gonna fly right and um you know sometimes it's just the audience didn't like it but we'll like hey like you know what, whatever it is if, if it's staff if it's authors if it's whatever it is like all i can do is is train people the best that i can and hope for the best on their behalf i can't guarantee their success mm. i can't guarantee that they're gonna like i can't even guarantee that they're gonna have a positive opinion of me i'm just gonna do the very best i can every single day to try and make that happen and mm. even so there's people that will be unhappy with how things turn out right yeah. so dragon is i guess for me it's other people and how they view our interactions so mm. yeah. that's very that's very cool i mean so what you're talking about is the fact that you can't you know what one of the things I like that you just said there is that very little can't be done without with grinding it away with the sands of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's a really powerful thing because you're talking about the um, I, I've never heard that statement. I like it. Um I, I just and, came up with it there. So, so it's, a, like, it's a trademark. Trademark. Nah. Um feel free to use it. It's cool. <laughs> no, it might it might be the title of this podcast, to be honest oh, with yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. Um but what I, what I like about it is the um yeah, you're talking because you focus and effort and the willingness to block out everything else and focus on your number one, mm -hmm. you know, value maximization thing and going, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to focus. I'm going to pay attention. I'm just going to keep on it again and again and again, and then just, just go through that pattern. Cause I think not a lot of people are able to block out the distractions, stay mm -hmm. focused on what they do, be consistent, and then have that sort of, you know, methodical, um, uh, I would say focused work to where you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that everything's mapped out. Some people just, they, they sprint into the woods, get right. scared after two minutes and turn around and run back in the woods screaming. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus you kind of lay a plan and move through it. Or they just look at the woods and they say, man, that looks scary. I'm going to stay on the path, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, it's easier said than done, but, but I appreciate the way you said it. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, 
Yeah. And with that being said, I, you know, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you on the show here. Thanks for having us. Or hats with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the We've had this together. We've had this together. <laughs> so uh, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to, how to get a hold of you or the books that you create? Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, if you give me a cue, I can I can talk on something for hours. But if you're just like, hey, what's what's something that everyone should know? Oh man, who my mind is a scary place. I've got all sorts of <laughs> sorts of quippy things that I can throw out there for them. But enjoy puns because they are intended. Maybe I don't know. Enjoy puns. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. We'll put a Intend pun punctuation on that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, and if if people want to find your books, if people want to find sure. out where they are, where do they go? About? Sure. So um, I have a lovely site. It's mountaindalepress.com. Super easy. Um, or you can always type in just dakotakraut.com and it'll bring you to Mountain Dale Press because that's how it goes. I bought that that's site that too. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, go to mountaindalepress.com. You can uh, find us there. We can direct you however you want to go to my stuff, to anyone in Mountaindale, um, which is really cool because if you're in the Mountaindale ecosystem, um, all your also bots and stuff like that will show up as similar, like other authors in my own company. Like we intentionally do that so that mm -hmm. we can boost everyone in my company by having them read whatever. Um and uh, you can find me on like if you like if you like my book so much you want you just want more of it you can find me at uh, Patron so like Patron.com forward slash Dakota dot Kraut um, pretty easy this mm -hmm. yeah um, I have books up there that have never yet seen the light of day um, sometimes at at one point I think I had three books up on there that were not yet published so that was fun um, and that that happens fairly frequently. Um, Otherwise, Instagram, Twitter, face, uh, definitely Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the divine dungeon, or just type in Dakota Kraut um, and I'll show up. Uh, but yeah, man, otherwise, the first like three pages of Google, anywhere you want to go. Yeah. Beautiful. Dakota, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, this has been a pleasure. It's been so much fun. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I appreciate all of the grindy focus. Uh, you know, content that you're constantly putting out, dude. I very much appreciate it. Thank you so yeah, much. You. And it's been, it's been a pleasure. I have a, have a blessed you today. And then thank you so much. And thanks again for the invite. Absolutely, brother. I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.